Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comedy Film Nerds, episode 312. Lots of really cool stuff to talk yeah. about. We're going to be doing um, some movies that we missed that our guests saw. The Witch, The Brothers Grimsby. We're going to be doing Pee Wee Herman and Chic. A lot of movies we're going to be talking yeah. about today. It's going to be exciting. Um, I want to thank everybody that came out. I was at Skyline Comedy Cafe in beautiful Appleton, Wisconsin. There were some definitely fans that came out. It was great. One woman had a whistling Bane shirt on. That was nice. always exciting. Um, was it cold? That wasn't, you know, for them. No, it was 35, 40 degrees. So it was beach weather. Yeah, there was just like, all right, here we go. Spring's right around the corner. You can see the dead grass. Um, so it was, it, was, uh, it was nice. And the Hanson brothers came out to a show, which was, which was good to see them. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, was, it was good times had by all. Now, you already toured the, the brewery, right? Yeah, the brewery. Yeah, well, yeah, when we interviewed him for the festival for uh, earbuds, right? So I didn't have to go back to the brewery to see the Hanson brothers, uh, but I'm sure it's. I hope the brewery's still doing well. Um, uh, what else? What else have we got to say? We were going to Podfest. Say, a Podfest. A uh, lot of really cool things. Tickets are on sale. I don't know yes. if we announced that last week or not. If yep. we did not, uh, we're saying it. We're Either way, they're on sale. Yeah. <laughs> Go to LAPodfest.com. Yeah. It's September 23rd through the 25th. Now, we're doing something different this year. We're tiering the tickets where the earlier you buy them, the cheaper they mm-hmm. are. But there's only a limited number. It's not based mm-hmm. on time. It's not like this ends on a certain date. The $100 tickets will end when they run out. Right. And that they're, we put a fair amount of them up there, and they're already close. They're more than half they're gone. They're more than right. half gone. So we, the festival sold out last year, you guys, so I would jump on it. And uh, also the uh, tickets for, actually, I should say, the discounted hotel rooms, you can get through the site as well, too. Yeah. And we're going to st- announce our first big show that we've booked. Welcome to Night Vale is coming back yes. to the LA Podcast Festival. It's going to be great. And they're going to be around all weekend doing panels and all sorts of stuff and doing a, uh, a live podcast that will be a really cool um, kind of like best of with like some great um, al- alternate cast members. Mm-hmm. It'll be a really, really fun show. Yeah, they're putting together this kind of sort of very unique thing for... Uh, for just for the festival. Just for PodFest. So check that out, you guys. Um, September 23rd through the 25th. Good business, LAPodfest.com. Yes. Let's introduce our guest. Yes, first time guest. Boy, we've Whee! been getting a yes. Doesn't even live here. It doesn't even live here. Drove down. Drove down <laughs> this morning. Five in the morning. You're a com- wow. you're a committed comedian, my yes, friend. I, 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 committable. Commi- <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you've you if you've ever listened to Doug Loves Movies, uh, you've heard this gentleman before. He and I have actually done a couple of episodes of Doug Loves Movies we together. Uh, and Guy Obelum, ladies Guy and gentlemen. Guy Obelum, yay! <laughs> <laughs> you and I met, I want to say, over 15 years ago. At least. Um, at a sh- you were when you were in your hip hop group, Most Chill Slack Mob. Wow, so that had been the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, early, so, mid-90s, mid-90s, yeah. 95 maybe. And you did a show... He did one show, I think, at maybe a. There was a. You guys did a show at some comedy club. There was a. What was it? There was some club, like a rock club that was doing comedy shows. And there was like, we did stand up and then you guys played or something. And I rapped. You were asking people to come up off stage and I got on stage and rapped with you just to make Brian Posehn laugh. Was that the. We didn't do that at the Julia Morgan. I don't remember. It all kind yeah. of blurs together in a haze of hip hop and weed and jokes. <laughs> but I have opened for myself 
on various occasions nice. back in the day. Sure. And I remember you did, you guys just were in town and you played by Posehn's pool when him and Dave Rapp lived that. together. Yeah, that was a good time. It was sold out. It, it, was, was, it was sold out. A lot of dudes. A lot of yeah. dudes at a Brian Posehn party. It's yeah. kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It's got, it's just playing video games and mm-hmm. smoking weed. and, and Yeah, I didn't smoke weed, but I drank. I would do shots of hot damn. Ugh. That That's the, like the precursor to Fireball. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a low rent fire. Is that in the it's, Jägermeister family? It's a it's a cinnamon schnapps. So it's like those so, red, yes. so you know those red hots? <laughs> like, yeah, it, yeah. It's red hots with booze in it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. To make sure the hangover takes extra. So care. you remember it. Yeah. 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 But you don't memorable. forget. You don't yeah. forget a hot damn. Yeah. <laughs> a, a night of hot dams. <laughs> so you give a damn about a hot dam. <laughs> So where should we start? Should we do Pee Wee's Big Holiday? Let's do it. Pee Wee's Big Holiday. Now this this is was a fascinating movie. Like I thought this was a joke at first when I first saw the trailer. I'm like, well, there's no way they made another Pee Wee Herman movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it's the first movie in 28 years. The Pee Wee Herman. Paul Rubens is in his 60s. Wow. And uh, I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking because I really like the first one. The second one was okay, second but the first okay. one, great. Uh, Tim Burton's best film. Tim Burton's first film, best film, and what possibly, arguably, one of his uh, was, better films. It was the thing that was so inventive about the first one. It there was well, you had, we all sort of knew. I guess Pee Wee had that Saturday morning yeah. TV show. He had the cable special, had the cable thing or whatever. But this was like it was so unique because it was Pee Wee. In the kind of an adult world, because the TV show was a kid's world. Yes. Right, right, right. And, and, and I'm pretty still sure a, a I think Pee-wee the TV Herman show world. came yeah, after it, the movie. Yeah, it was definitely Pee Wee Herman's yeah. world. But the, what the thing about it was is it captured, like, the essence of the character where it was um, this basically adult that looked at the world in this childlike wonder and never was a child. Right. But also... It's the not only the way he saw the world, the world was this little microcosm and it accepted him the way he was until, of course, he went on the road trip and then everything went like nuts. Um, right. By the way, the first movie, same plot as the rover, went to go get his bike, the rover trying to find his car. Sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> kind of the same um, plot of dudes wear my car, yeah. <laughs> the Maltese Falcon. So, or- <laughs> now, MacGuffin 2. Uh, Judd Apatow, he, uh, he produced this film. And it's another Netflix movie. The Netflix movies, let's just say they've been a bit hit or miss. Right. You know, with... Uh, um, they've been definitely... six ridiculous yeah, ones. They, uh, they've definitely been doing better with their original television programming. But here's the thing about this movie. Um, if you enjoyed the first one, there are so many cool, nostalgic things to this one that really kind of puts a smile on your face. Like, you know, the Rube Goldberg contraptions at the beginning when he wakes up. This insane, um, like, another crazy MacGuffin where he has to go. He meets uh, the, the actor from True Blood, Joe. Uh, right, right, Man- right. I think Mangine- Manganello. Mangan- Manganello. Yeah, and uh, he butchers his name, which is hilarious. Joe Manganello. Yeah. <laughs> New York to get to his birthday party, right? Uh, and it's it's really there's some great scenes with uh, there's like a faster pussycat kill kill homage. Um, I can only really speak on the first twenty five. Yeah, <laughs> but but a lot happens in the first twenty five minutes. So um, a couple times the movie definitely falls flat, and you could see like the magic isn't quite there that it was before. But nostalgia really carries this movie through. Um, if you're not familiar with Pee Wee Herman or haven't seen the other movies, I don't know if you're going to really like or appreciate this film, but if you're a fan 
and you always wanted to see him in another movie. And if you're baffled by the fact that the 63-year-old man still looks almost identical, even with makeup, you know, almost 30 years later, that's like the weirdest special effect, too. Like, I'm like, well, at least I'd like to see him look a little older. He doesn't. He looks a little, but not... I didn't realize not he thirty was 60. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he doesn't look in sixty. You think they CGI'd that? I, I'm one. I don't know. It, whatever they did, it was uh, it was pretty seamless. It was a Benny Button moment for sure. It was uh, <laughs> Benny Buttons. <laughs> or maybe uh, it's just really solid makeup. I'm looking at it, the photo. It could be. It could be just like another layer of, sure. uh, of another of inch makeup. and a half. Yeah, but. <laughs> What's the line from uh, yeah. Can you Pull back a little. Yeah, how about Cleveland? Cleveland? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so what the movie does? It's basically it's a road, another road trip movie where he goes and gets in these insane situations and meets crazy characters, and uh, so it, it's partially a rehash of the first plot. However. It's kind of like, um, since it's, some of it is so inventive, you don't mind because, you, like I said, nostalgia carries you through this movie. If you enjoyed it, uh, the first one, it's, it's the, out of the three movies, this is the second best one. Right. You know, the first Fair one's enough. still the best, but this is way better than the second one. And it was, it was good to see. It was like, it was good to see that people cared about making this movie, that they made it, and that it was definitely some time and love put into this. You know, it was, uh, you know, Paul Rubens co-wrote it, and John Apatow produced it, and you could tell there's people that were fans Well, the director the is John Lee, who's done all, almost all, according to his IMDb, it's all TV, but he did like Inside oh, Amy sense. Schumer. Right, And right. stuff like that, so. Mm-hmm. So he's got a year for comedy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it was do you, fun. Do you think that they would make, uh, if this is relatively successful, you think they'd make like uh, another Pee Wee on the Road movie, almost like Abbott and Costello meet the money, <laughs> or being in Bob go to Japan and being a Bob go to this place. That's a good a question. I, you know, I don't know. It, it's the thing about the Pee Wee um, Herman uh, franchise, I guess you could say, because it is mm-hmm. TV movies, and uh, you, you wonder Toys. if it was successful enough. Right. Yeah. Um, would the original series on Netflix, like another Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of thing, or would would making another movie make sense? I don't know. Of material as opposed to coming right. out. <laughs> completely, you know, he is sixty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so what is Pee Wee Herman uh, ish, yeah, but a j- cheaper? Yeah, yeah. J.J. <laughs> Abrams is going to reboot reboot the entire Pee Wee Herman mm-hmm. franchise because <laughs> I wonder, like, because what you're seeing Netflix do, it's very interesting. They're just finding underserved it's niches all, in the market. Niche. It's all niche. It's all microcasting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and it's smart. It's very I'm smart. I'm about to pitch them on my weed show. You should. <laughs> if you know who to talk to with Netflix, please uh, find me on Twitter. And I'll... <laughs> <laughs> For real, though. Like, that's all they're, you know... Like, why would you make a Daredevil TV show? Because it's awesome, right? Oh my god, exactly! It's so great. But but like, I just came in my before nerd pants. before before they came up with that. Was anyone sitting around going, "We need a Daredevil TV"? Like, they're no. so brilliant for finding that. Like, oh, we need it. Well, no one was saying yes. Right? I'm sure, it was pitched a few places. Some some yeah. some you know, uh, rich white girl goes to jail for a year and writes a book about it. Oh, we got to turn that into a series. No one was saying that, and yet they find these things that are end up being so good. They're so well made. Yeah, they're so in- inventive and creative. Right, and then they remake Full House, so it's not always a hit. Yeah, <laughs> it's a definitely, definitely hits and misses. For you, I know a lot of people who watched it. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know the too remake. Many people who enjoyed it, but yeah. I know a lot of people <laughs> who watched it. Maybe that's what motivated this. They just went, well, we did good numbers on the memory lane. Right. Oh, definitely. There's a nostalgia data. way for sure. Like it's even like a- Showtime's doing Twin Peaks again. 
Right. So, uh, but can uh, we bring back the Sid and Marty Croft Super Show, <laughs> or perhaps Fantasy Island? Like, let's oh, get, well, Fantasy, Fantasy Island. Island Fantasy Island came back like, with uh, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, that one wasn't so good. So, uh, but I, you know, I'd, I'd watch another Fantasy I'd Island. Fantasy remake. Island was great. The uh, Love Boat Fantasy Island. That was the like. That was yeah, the night. That were was the Harlem the, Globetrotters on that one. Too? <laughs> they were on Love Boat, I think. They were on Love Boat. Then they, they were, were on Fantasy on. Island. It's, it's the same set. <laughs> Pretty much. They literally just walked yeah. across. Yeah, They're yeah. Like, across what are you doing lot. next week? Yeah. You available next week? You want to just, just come on over? Just stay here in Burbank or wherever they <laughs> shot that thing. So, um, but yeah, this this uh, this was a pleasant surprise, Pee Wee's Big Holiday, because it really could have been like. Um, a cash grab on nostalgia and been awful. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, some of the stuff, like I said, fell flat, but a lot of it was really um, fun and it, nostalgia carries you through. And Joe Manganello, oh my God, he was, he stole every scene he was in. He was pretty funny. Yeah. And I'm going to say Manganello and Manganello. One of them will be right, one Man-no. of them will be a little off. <laughs> Joey Manch. Yeah, Joey Manch. Um, but uh, and and they uh, they made it a point. There's a really funny scene where he just keeps mispronouncing it over and over, and they just extend the scene to like way longer than it should have, and it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and if, especially when he's telling people, "What you don't know who I am?" Because he plays himself. You've never seen True Blood? Right. Nope. 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 Oh, that's right. <laughs> never seen it? Nope. Magic Mike? Nope. 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 <laughs> Joe Mayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so check it out. It is only on Netflix. Pee right. Big Holiday. All right, now here's a movie that's sort of, uh, I've been curious to see that I didn't, that sort of slipped through the cracks a little bit, but Angayo, you saw the brothers I, I, yes. Grimsby. What did you think of this? I thought it was actually really uh, funny. And I did not expect that. Are, I mean, it's it's crass and crude. Why do you say that? Are you not a big Sasha Baron Cohen fan? or? Uh, no, I don't mind Sasha Baron Cohen. I, I think he's got, uh, for the most part, everything I've seen him in has been, mm-hmm. been pretty funny. I don't think I saw, was it The Dictator? Mm-hmm. Right. Or whatever, but uh, I loved his Allie G stuff. Um, and uh, but I just thought it would be like uh, maybe crass and ridiculous, but nothing. It was over the top, but not in a stupid way. Now it was but stupid uh, without being stupid. It's like a spy spoof, right? It's like a spy spoof. It's got mm-hmm. the guy from uh, Kingsman, mm-hmm. uh, the bald headed guy. Yeah, he plays Mark the super Strong. spy. Mark Strong. He's great. Uh, yeah, because it, my guess from what I saw in the trailer is that Mark Strong played it straight. He just played like he was in one of these movies for real, and then... Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays it pretty straight. I mean, he's definitely the super spy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they'd been separated. Right. Uh, uh, and it was in, a, in a rather touching scene, actually. <laughs> uh, you know, so, yeah, Sasha grows up to be a lout, and uh, Mark Strong grows up to be Mr. Super Spy guy. And, um, and then they come to be family and have adventures <laughs> super spy things and do you feel uh, like you see a giant elephant cock <laughs> it wouldn't be a Sasha Baron Cohen movie without yeah, it yeah. kind of wouldn't apparently yeah. <laughs> do you think I mean for me the dictator I liked that um, because I was getting a little tired of his, un- his, his of his hidden camera yes just because the jokes always re- it just I get it these yeah. people aren't in on the joke. We are. It's kind of mean sometimes. Yeah. And it's 90 minutes it's at not, least. It's, it's th- too long for a hidden camera. It's a half hour joke. sketch show yeah. at best. Mm-hmm. That's what that should be. So when he's going. So you didn't like Bad Grandpa. Not Bad Grandpa. Oh, I did actually what's like. The, what's the Johnny. Johnny. That one. That I, was Bad Grandpa. That yeah. was, was Bad, bad Grandpa. I get back. Oh, Dirty Grandpa is the Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah. That, your face is your grandpa is the other yeah. one. And I'm my own grandpa's an old novelty song. Right. 
there you go. Yeah, Bad Grandpa was the... I. Here's why I liked... Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Why I liked Bad Grandpa, other than in a lot of other Johnny Knoxville and Sasha Baron Cohen stuff, was because it had a story, and they sure. weaved a whole story in there amidst these... The, 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 the hidden camera punking people was was tied into the story mm-hmm. you know and then it ended up not being mean right right you know? right I, I understand where you're coming from so right. so that i dug so that's why like when i see sasha baron Cohen, i think he's funny and why i i like hearing that brothers grimsby is funny it was very funny and the action was very well shot and action-packed apparently really the guy who directed some action movies whose oh. name escapes me uh but the action was really really good they had some nice effects and uh and uh and like that, they got Lewis. Wilson was all right. Lu- oh, really? Yeah. So Lewis Letterer is actually the director, and so he did. Now you see me. He did Clash of the Titans. He did Incredible Hulk, Transporter Two. The now first you see Transporter. me was, was pretty good. Aren't they doing a sequel to that? Yeah, that's coming back. There's yeah. a, there's a sequel to that. I'm curious about that one. The transport. The first Transporter movie is actually a blast. The it's, first one's great. The first one's a lot. I never of fun. saw two. Two just sort of no. Two what, went nuts. Yeah. Two was cr- pretty crazy. Were that's. They, like crash levels of crazy um or crank rather yeah it's like it gets a little crankish yeah transporter two uh-huh um but the first one's a blast and uh i mean clash of the titans although i don't think any i think that was probably his craziest movie crank, crank. the crank yeah. ones but you know yeah. that that's that's really an interesting equation that sasha baron cohen put together mm-hmm. so he trusts his comedy and his writing enough and then went, we need solid, we need an action director. We need an director. actual action director, yeah. Right, he can handle the yeah, funny parts. Yeah, you know, we, yeah. we can make it funny, but we need a mediocre action director. <laughs> that guy did pretty good with the action. It was all, most of the action was above mediocre. Lots really? of good parkour, lots of good fighting. Yeah. Well, good for him. Uh-huh. It was Clash of the Titans. Well, yeah. I <laughs> can't say that I've seen either of them. <laughs> either of them. But so you recommend this? I recommend The Brothers of Grimsby. All right. Okay, fair Grimsby enough. recommended. Let's now let's talk about uh, you saw Sheik, Graham. I saw the Sheik, which is the again. It's another. Um, it's now, an, now let me let me start by asking this though. When you were a kid, did you watch like Hulk Hogan and Battle the Iron Sheik and all those like like wrestling matches? Um, uh, did you follow it at all when you were a kid? You know, I followed it enough mm-hmm. that. Um, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I knew enough of it. Like I knew it was sort of as a kid, I knew all oh, this is theater. This is right. this mm-hmm. is this is toy. So I knew these guys enough just because I grew up in the Midwest when the winters are long and you would remember, you know, you couldn't play outside, so you watched right. ABC Y World of Sports and you watch wrestling and you that's what you did. So I so I knew some of these, these And they guys. tour too. They would yeah. come to town and you know, I remember seeing I've never them been in to Philly. a live wrestling match. Oh my god, it's insane. I I saw them as a kid. Better than were, it's like redneck opera, right? There's outrageous costumes, oh, it's a little oversized. It's un- it was unbelievable. Yeah, it's 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 pretty insane. And I so I knew enough of it. I wasn't a crazy it wasn't like a like, feel good Trump rally. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm trying to insult wrestling fans with that idea. <laughs> it it um so I knew enough of the world. Mm-hmm. So this is a really compelling documentary. And you know, again, like Netflix, they're filling this niche of Is it niche or niche? I've heard both. Okay. I'll say either one of them. Like Mangella or Mangella. Yeah. Niche. Niche. It's a it's a great <laughs> niche. Um <laughs> So 
you know, I've seen so many cool documentaries on Netflix because they're just, I, my guess is they're just, I feel like they're just buying them up. Like there's, they have to generate content. Yeah. They got to generate $9 a month. Yeah. So they constantly need new stuff. So again, it's really cool. And it's, 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 it's a compelling documentary, uh, on two levels. They, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, black and white photo and they do that cool stuff where they pan across it. They make it a three dimensional. Oh, okay. um, so while the person, so it's, is, a, it's a documentary on the wrestler, of the iron sheik. Is that yeah. what we're talking about? Yeah. Right. It's a documentary about him. And also it goes into how pivotal he was um, in terms of helping make when Vince McMahon kind of took over, it was WWF and then he made mm-hmm. it WWE because of a lawsuit against the uh, World Wildlife Federation. World Wildlife Federation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't it was a copyright thing or a trademark thing. Yeah. Um how uh firstly they wanted a lot of stuff. They wanted the Sheik's history. He grew up in Iran. He was an Olympic wrestler oh. for uh the Shah and the Shah of Iran. Sure. You know? And he started, and there was this guy that was the best wrestler of all time. Um, and he was starting to, like the Shaw, they they had come back from some tournament or something, won some medals or something. And the Shaw was like, I'll buy you guys whatever you want. And this other guy who was like, wrestling was king in like the 50s and 60s sure. in Iran, you know? Um, and it was part of like, their, that was a sport they competed with. So it was part of their national identity. Like being a sumo or yeah. a basketball, pro basketball player. Mm-hmm. It was something like that. It had that, it had that effect um, on the nation. So this one, this one guy whose name escapes me, um, and, and, and Sheik tells a story of the Shah brings him back to the palace. And he's like, I'll buy you guys whatever you want. You know, and cars, houses, whatever you want. And he goes, well, instead of giving me houses and cars, how about better schools and hospitals? And the Shaw didn't like that. And then this guy mysteriously committed suicide. Kind of weird. Kind of weird. Yeah. The country revolted. Well. That's when the first, like, revolt started. Uh-huh. And so he, the Sheik saw this and was like, well... I, I'm good. I, I'm good. If they can kill this guy, right. then I'm out. And so he moved to Minnesota. He literally came to New York and then moved to Minnesota. That's got to be a culture shock. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so they yeah. talk about that a little bit. But then in Minnesota and in, in Wisconsin and stuff like that, wrestling is a huge sport. Sure. So he just started training. He coached the AAU team, and they won like four or five years in a row. No joke. Mm-hmm. And he was like, this guy's amazing. He was the Cobra Kai. He was, <laughs> he was the Cobra Kai. And so he then, it, so it goes into then how he then gets into professional wrestling in the mm. early days. He's like, man, we packed up the truck and we drove, you know, to this, this, yeah, that's yeah. what they did, man. And go to this town and that town and this town. Uh, and then he defeated the, I forget the guy's name, who was like the, the this five-time champ in like the late 80s. It wasn't Haystack Calhoun. Oh, no, like, late 80s. It's, no, or no uh, late say. 70s, early 80s. It was like Jim, Jim the Butcher, so I forget his name. But <laughs> he anyway, might be close. But anyway, he beats this guy. And then Jim they the talk, Anvil, Nightheart? So, so, some, something like that. Yeah, Jim, yeah Jimmy Strongfist, yeah. Jimmy <laughs> Meathooks, Jimmy... Uh, Jimmy Meathooks. <laughs> Chief Strongbow. Yeah, it was something one of those Chief guys. Strongbow, Nature Boy Ric Flair. Yeah. They well they interview a lot of Moon these guys. Dog Maine. <laughs> yeah. He was one of my favorites. Junkyard Dog. 
This is before Junkyard Dog, man. Oh, I'm yeah. talking Haystack Calhoun. I'm talking <laughs> the early days of Andre the Giant. I'm talking yeah. uh, Playboy Buddy Rose when he was a oh, young wow. Playboy Buddy Rose. Now you're going back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Superfly Jimmy Snuka, who invented yeah. the coming off the top rope. These guys. He's interviewed. Mm-hmm. Wow. I got to watch this now. So you got to see this because yeah. you got, like, I found it interesting. I wasn't that big, but the fact that you watched even more wrestling when you were younger. I watched 70s wrestling. Well, 70s wrestling yeah, is a big w- part of what this is. I, I got I got more into the 80s wrestling. But, yeah, but, time wrestling was my shiz. But, Can we cuss mm-hmm. on this show? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you don't even know. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, you, you, you guys should both watch it because it talks yeah, about it how the cool. chic is pivotal in transitioning from the 70s. Oh, yeah, right to the 80s because he beat the guy that was the champ and then it was like Vince McMahon took over and went, well, Hulk Hogan's our guy. Right. And that now we're going to tap into the zeitgeist of xenophobia and, you know, yeah. Come out and sing the Iraqi national anthem. Exactly. And go, USA, puh. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. (laughs) He loved that and he Mm. talked about everyone and and he was a great heel. Yeah, that's Mm. a great heel. Great heel. Uh And The face and the heel. They always talked about all these pro wrestlers talking about heat. He he brought great heat. And there was good heat and bad heat. Good mm-hmm. heat is he got people pissed at you. Bad heat is like they want to they want to try to actually fight. you. Yeah, they mm-hmm. want to kill you or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you got to keep it right. And they're like, there's a couple times he. I read a thing about Sergeant Slaughter when he turned heel, and how the reaction of people lost their minds. Oh, they were there so angry. Yeah. yeah, it was great. <laughs> it's great. It's a great time to turn heel. That's why I talk about the operatic betrayal of wrestling. Like those guys aren't afraid to just. Not you, Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, you know, because the actual wrestlers themselves, a lot of them, they don't care if they're good guys or bad guys. It's because it's all—it's a role. You probably pay more money, get paid more money. Yeah, and uh, but the fans sometimes, if they're invested and like, you know, this is my hero, and then they turn like, no. Well, this is what they talk about. He was like, he goes, and they showed him wrestling. I was in good shape. I had a head of hair, and then he was like, well. I need a gimmick. (laughs) (laughs) And his wife, who's like a Minnesota woman, was like, I didn't like it. He shaved his head. I didn't like the turban. But, you know, I put food on the table. So, you know, and that's for real. Like, you go from gig. You don't go from. Jerry Bednob is not from India. Hey, man. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. If someone said, Graham, shave your head and you're going to start selling out theaters and arenas versus. As the Harry Krishna comic. Whatever. Like, would <laughs> any Krishna of us... Comic. Harry Krishna wrestler. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, would any of us back away? If it was just laid out to you that easily? Yeah, no. I mean, you know, yeah, you want to go from high school gyms to the arena, to Madison Square Garden? I'm down. Yeah, yeah I'm in, down. baby. We've all been in this a long time. I, mean, I can get more than 25 people at the coffee shop. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I love everyone who came out to Appleton. But they got they got they got a big civic center in downtown that seats five thousand people. If I could sell that out, wouldn't be bad. That's what I had to do. I mean, so it it talks all about that. It's really how do you look in a turban? I'll do that. I come for America. Um, But then it gets into as a good documentary does. It gets into his personal stuff, his drug addiction. How you know, painkillers, paint. These guys, yeah, man. Yeah, well, they're in pain constantly. Yeah. They show his body today, yeah. and it's, it's gnarly. Are his hands all mangled? His knees, yeah. his feet. There's just, it's just, it looks awful. And, and it's its toll. And then there's drugs. Yeah. Then you got to do painkillers yeah. and drugs. And I mean, it's like, and and, and he the, wasn't really young. When he became a pro wrestler, he'd already been a pro wrestler. Right. He became a pro wrestler probably in his 30s, yeah, man. mid late 30s. Yeah, and did that for 20 more years. Yes, and right. was right. banging in, the, in his 50s. Right. 
And it's right. like. Yeah, there's 42-year-olds wreck their knees getting out of bed in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Your knees I, hurt when it's going to rain. I think about yeah, You're like, not getting thrown out of a ring by Hulk Hogan. Exactly. I can't. For free. Go <laughs> jogging too right. much anymore. <laughs> like, right. I swim laps and ride my bike. Right. Let alone low if you're in, telling me at this age. Impact. yeah. You're like, oh, Graham, you got to pay your bills. You got to go slam into people and on the jump off the top rope. It's plywood with like a half inch of padding. Like that's what you're slamming yourself onto. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So it's really it's a compelling documentary. Um, If again, if you're guys like you who loved wrestling, you'd really like this. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to be because it does what all good. We talk about this all the time. It's what a good documentary does is bring you into a world. And even you don't have to know that world. If you don't know, or if you know that world, you're going to get more info. You're going to love it. Well, it's supposed right. to teach you about the subculture. The subculture. The world. And that's what this movie does. It does it quite well. And it's like, you know, bravo to Netflix for, for making these stuff. And, and yeah. giving documentaries this place. It's, there's a, it's, Netflix is like a documentary channel. It's a hub. It's where you can. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, the, all the 30 for 30s I've watched. Jacques Cousteau would be the king of Netflix. Oh, yeah. They're still alive. Yep. For sure. Because you see, there's a lot of, um, there actually are a lot of like underwater and nature ones too. Mm-hmm. So And some of it is just content that they late. buy. Yeah. From... Keep waiting for Snoop Dogg to narrate the nature. I <laughs> <laughs> saw that one. If you've seen that clip on the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Um, all right, so then The Witch. You saw this. And... I saw The Witch. Okay, now, now... Neil has a review on the um, on the website. So now, what did you think? I thought it was very, very well made and uh, very scary and mm-hmm. well acted. Uh, the young woman, whose name escapes me, who plays mm-hmm. the, uh, the oldest daughter, uh, I thought she was great. Is this Anya Taylor-Joy or is this... Is she young and blonde? Yes. <laughs> yes. I thought she was really, 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 really good. Well, it says, like, uh, I'm reading some of the notes here, that most of the film's dialogues and story were based on writings from the time. Definitely. I could, mm-hmm. I, could, I read that at the end of the credits, too. Um, mm-hmm. I, could, I could see that, like, if you knew some of the old signs and uh, signals of a witch being there about or mm-hmm. someone being a witch. Um, yeah, most definitely. But I thought it also showed some things about how pride and hubris and not... Paying attention to your family uh, can, you know, lead to all your children dying. <laughs> There's the lesson. <laughs> Heads up. Anything. Heads don't up, everybody. Anything. Yep. And next time, don't move in next door to a witch. Even uh, if, you know, her gingerbread cottage looks delicious. You would think. Well, like Stephen King has said that this movie terrified him. So is it that scary? It's not scary in... But like, I think maybe we're kind of scared the same way. Like, because it's not one of those... Oh my God! There's so much blood and gore right. or anything, but it's just scary. It's a creepy like, kind it's of uh, unsettling, and you yeah. feel like ah, uh, you poor bastards. And there's some, uh, there's uh, yeah, a couple of things you're like ah, but nothing like super. Like, did you ever see that short film about um, the serial killer? And he was like writing in his diary about this girl that he ate, and but it's super banal or banal or whatever. Uh, <laughs> And it's one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my life because it's just so quick. What's the name of it? Uh, I'll have to look it up. Um, I'll text my friend. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Okay, uh, fans, go fetch. Um, short film about serial killer writing in his journal. About people he's eating. <laughs> yeah, about people he's eating. Well, my question, Mike, when I see this, because like, because so Neil, 
Neil uh, liked it but didn't love it. He he wanted it to be better. Like okay. uh, he's Neil's one of, one our, of our, our reviewers on oh. the site. And Are you uh, hiring? Go ahead. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you want to write for the site? Well, yes. Dude, you're All in. Right. I just talked myself into a gig. There you yeah, go. Yeah, you sure did. <laughs> yeah, you know how you did dry roasted peanuts and t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> you know how you did it? You ask. <laughs> you know, when I ran a magazine, that's how I used to get articles, too. So I'm like, somebody should write an article, blah, 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 blah. You're hired. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Congratulations. Two, 1,200 yes. words. I'll need it Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice work. Yeah. Get some pictures. That'd be great, but I'll send yeah. the guy. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So. Well, my question is, with the, with the, like, how did you find the director? Because Robert Eggers has basically been making his living as a production designer. He's directed a couple of shorts. Um, was one about a serial killer writing his journal the telltale heart um, <laughs> and then he did Hansel and Gretel these are both short films so uh, so already had experience with witches yeah but it's interesting to me um, that this didn't it didn't get like a huge release or they didn't have a giant marketing budget on it um, and yet it's sort of you know usually we get this time of year we usually get some some like there's an insidious movie out or there's a, one of those mm-hmm. movies comes out at this time every year. But this seems to be a little different than that. You know what I mean? This is the kind of horror movie that I actually like. This I, I, It sounds like, and I haven't seen it yet, but it, like you put it in the category of like the Babadook or something like mm-hmm. that. Where it's I haven't a, seen yet. Is that good? Uh, it, it, it was. It had some flaws, but it was still good. Um, just a psychologically unsettling movie, but also... Right, right made by um, a filmmaker with an actual vision. It wasn't like a by-the-numbers, like the Fog remake or something like that, where it was, no, this is the the style and vision that I want to present as uh, this horror film. So, and those are always the best ones that actually have a voice and do something different and interesting. Um, yeah, it, with the thing that's 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 kind of encouraging about this, the budget on it was uh, $3.5 million. For so The Witch? Yeah, and, and so far it, it came out in February. It had an eight million dollar opening weekend, and it's done about twenty four million since then. Which shows that making a nice, good movie can right. generally make you money. You don't yes. always have to spend. Mm-hmm. You know, right? well, that's the Doesn't thing. Just make a hundred million dollar movie. Yeah. Hey, maybe spend fifteen million on the script. How about yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> can we start? Can we start with that? That's, if you don't have a good story, you're like, not going to have a good. Look at that. What, look what I just said. A thirty three point five million dollar investment brings you basically. A $20 million profit. Right. Name another business where they would Drugs. go, hmm, that won't do that well. You know what I mean? The way the studios, like yeah. you say, it's got to be a $150 million right. budget to bring in a bit like- Now name one famous actor movie. in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's true too. But that's mm-hmm. also the thing though too, right? I mean, there's you know, dozens of companies that make- short films in the overseas market or even here for not much and still, you know, if if you're uh if you're keeping your team small and you're making fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollars per movie net and you know, it's only cost you so much to yeah. make them and you have your distribution locked up. Some but you know, studios like they they're supposed to think billion dollar sure. blockbusters and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. That's their thing. But other people just think, Man, if I'm making six times the amount of money that I'm putting into this every time I'll do two of those a year, 
and live fat. There's cats you've never heard of got a nice car in the yeah. hills. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sure. No, that's yeah. absolutely true. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd do this. I would. This be right. fine by me. That's fine. Listen, just give me three point five million dollars. Yeah. Right back. Yeah. Million. Yeah. Take me well. Oh, we, oh, speaking of that, <laughs> actually, we are doing it. Do. That's one thing we forgot to mention. Earbuds is finished. Yes. <laughs> Sorry to uh, go out on a tangent. Yeah. That's yeah right. This is our uh, our documentary. Um, color correction is done. Earbuds. Uh, is finished, and I sent out a um, uh, an update through Kickstarter. But if you uh, did a pre-sale through the CFN site, I just want to let you know that uh, it's only a couple months away with you uh, actually getting your rewards in the movie. And we're very happy with the way it came out, and we cannot wait for you guys to see it. So then, it just right. in in summary, so you like The Witch? You'd recommend it? Albert Fish okay. was the name of that serial killer. Got it. Ah. And the movie is uh, shite. <laughs> <laughs> Albert, if you go to albertfishfilm.com. Got all it. Right. All right. Movie. So The Witch. You, the, you, I it's, love it. Yes. Okay. All right. And I generally don't even like scary movies. And I all thought right. it was great. That's now, good to hear. Now, yeah. one of the bigger movies that came out uh, also was uh, Midnight Special that mm-hmm. Neil saw. And uh, we have a spare min with them coming up. And But what's spare min, Graham? Well, I'll tell you what spare min is, Chris. Like, if you don't like talking on the phone for more than a few minutes of time and you don't want to give out your phone number... And to people you don't know, or maybe some people you do know. <laughs> that are bugging you. <laughs> that are bugging you. Spearman, mm-hmm. this is what the app is. Now, we did one of these last week, but it allows you to have a short time phone call without giving out your number and without scheduling with whoever wants to call you. So what you can do is you can, calls can be recorded and shared socially or kept private. Um, so what you do is you go to spearman.com or look for the Spearman in the Apple app and Google Play stores. You download the app. And then you get people to join you or mm-hmm. follow you. And then you can start having a spare min. Right. So like my mine is just at Graham. If you start following me somewhere I'm on the road stuck in an airport, I'll you can call and ask me questions and it's it's time. It's five minutes only, right? It kicks you off when it's five minutes right. it ends it. Mm-hmm. And then once you have that phone call, like I can post it and say, oh, here's a who call, call I had with some fan asking me about this, that, and the other thing. Right. Um, so what we did, what's coming up that you're about to listen to is I had a spare min with Neil T. Weekly, and he tells me about going to Midnight Special, and he actually got to go to a screening where the director was speaking afterwards. Oh, cool. And this director has worked with Michael Shannon a bunch of times. Right. So now here is a spare min with Neil T. Weekly. Hello. Why, hello. Hey, everybody. <laughs> it's Neil T. Weekly for the Comedy Film Nerd Spare Myth. It looks like it worked. <laughs> it's working. We got... <laughs> so, Neil, um, what uh, What do you want to talk about? What movies have you seen? Well, I went and saw the other night... Um, I saw Midnight Special... And it turned out it was even a Q&A with uh, the director, Jeff Nichols. Uh, so it was uh, kind of a, a pleasant surprise and a treat. How was, and, um, so how was Michael Shannon in his first, like, non-super creep role? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, I, I thought it was great. He's, he, he's, uh, he's so good at... Um, he's so, so good at... Saying a lot without saying anything, you know. Right. He's, he's really great with his his expressions and body language. 
which is just, he's just, I think he's a great actor personally. He's kind of one of my favorites. Um, that's a pretty obvious why Jeff Nichols works with him a lot. Uh, worked with him, he worked with him on every single one of his movies. <laughs> uh, wow. And, and Midnight Special is actually a really great movie. Uh, it's really beautifully written. Uh, a great cast. Joel Edgerton's in it. Kirsten Dunst. Adam Driver. Um, and the new, you know, the kid, Jaden Leader, is really great. So, yeah, how was the kid? I mean, without getting into any spoilers, too, tell me how the kid was and also how the sort of science fiction elements of the story were. Um, it, they're, they're really great. They're a little different. It, it's, it's almost kind of like not what you expect. And it is sort of. Um, it's, it's nice, a little different. Um, the, the kid, Jaden, is actually, he's really solid. I think he's going to be the, um, a really, I think he's going to be one of those really good, a good actor. He, he apparently has had no training whatsoever. Um, he didn't even know he was going to become an actor, and it just sort of happened. <laughs> so All right. I think, you think he's going to be something to look out for? Um, that's good to hear, and I, I mean, I love that, that cast that you just mentioned. It's amazing. That's an amazing cast of actors. And I guess what I'm kind of puzzled by and also hoping for, I'm puzzled by the fact this movie isn't getting a wider release. And I'm then hoping that it's one of these word-of-mouth movies that just kind of becomes on everybody's short list of an amazing movie because everyone said how great it was. Yeah, I think it will. I think it's getting a, a wider release in April. Um, so I think they're just testing in a few cities right now, but my understanding is I think it's supposed to, to be wider release uh, in April. Oh. And I hope it really does because, yeah, I think it, it could be one of those things where, I mean, the buzz and the critic, critics right now are really digging it. Um and I, I think it's uh, it's really worth seeing. So I hope that um, I hope that people get out there and actually see this one. Voting, I hope they vote with their dollars in the theater <laughs> and see this one because this is a so, really good movie. We got a little over a minute left on this spare minute, but was there anything that really stood out to you uh, from the Q and A with the director about the process of getting this movie made? Um, well, let's, you know, they, the thing that really impressed me the most was just, you know, the, the questions regarding just kind of how his, his process and, 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 and writing it, and he's apparently been doing it, writing it for a, some years, and just has, it's one of those movies he started and then finally got to, but I was, I was struck by, um, his his philosophy about writing. I mean, he's, he's clearly one of these guys who knows how to to really write um, a, a good script based and you know things happen naturally and organically through dialogue. There's no shoehorning in exposition scenes. 
is all very organic the way he he writes and and plots things out and I thought that was really really important that's great well there it is you guys midnight special Neil T Weekly gives it a hashtag work it thank you so much Neil my pleasure All right, buddy talk to you soon you got it we'll see it all right. Oh, that was cool. So, guys, go to uh, spearman.com and uh, and then order the app store and download mm-hmm. the app. Literally, download the app and start following me. Yep. Graham, look for Ed and Graham Ellen, start following me, and I'll announce, like, I'll do a Spearman coming up here, and we can have some talks. That'll be cool. Uh, the One of the things, too, with Neil is he was really excited about this movie. I actually didn't know that much about it, and it was kind of lukewarm about it, but he knew about it. He was ready to go, and he yeah. really liked it. It was really cool, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I'm it, it, just in, in in talking to Neil on The Spare Man, I'm excited to see it because it's the thing that excites me the most is I think Michael Shannon's a phenomenal actor, but he's always just been sort of cast in the creepy guy role, and yeah. it's and mm-hmm. and always the case, like, oh, can he play something different? Well, of course he can. The reason he's good playing the creepy... I don't think the answer was, of course he can. It was the for answer, me. The answer was, for me, it was more, maybe. Well, <laughs> I'd I, have to see it. My thing, though, why the why I say, of course he can, is mm-hmm. you can't always be a good bad guy, villain, creep if you're a shitty actor. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? You, the, He's a great actor right. who fell into this thing kind of because how he looks. Mm-hmm. But, right. like, if you're a good actor, well, then, of course, you can play a dad. Now, see, I, I, I looked at it. you're not playing the same kind of I looked at it a little different way. I, I thought, yes, that was one possibility for sure. <coughs> the other possibility I looked at, well, maybe he's David Duchovny. It doesn't matter what role it is. That's what he's going to do. You know, that kind oh, of thing. Oh, I see. Like right. an actor with one note. Ah. Um, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that mm-hmm. uh, he, he has more of a range, which is really cool. Good for him. Yeah. All right. What do we want to talk about next, my friend? Uh, I want to do DVD Blu-rays. Let's do that. Uh, we'll do Now Daddy's Home. This is the Mark Wahlberg, Will Ferrell movie. Okay. Uh, Anybody see that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to keep my lips tight. Yeah. I did not see it. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. Yeah. That trailer. Nope. I, I can't nope. See. Didn't see Zootopia either. Mm. Oh, Zootopia was good. I hear it's good. Man. Yeah. Mm. It'll Zoot- be just as good. How old are your kids? Uh, old enough for Deadpool. Okay. <laughs> Deadpool. Well, let's Kingsman. talk to you about that real quick. What did you think of Deadpool? Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, R-rated movies. I'm. Not, I'm. Let's. You know, we can make film comic books for adults too. And I thought it was hilarious. I just thought the whole thing was clever and very funny and just nerdy mm-hmm. enough. And um, some great trivia great. on that movie too. I was reading that uh, right before it got greenlit, uh, yeah. they cut seven million from the budget. So that means there was an entire like uh, set piece and action set piece at the oh. end that they had to cut out. So that joke about him forgetting his guns was to cover a seven million dollar uh, chase sequence. And, hey, why and not? Budget to uh, and it was it was so creative, and it goes back to what we were talking With about before. Being creative, like, how much have, did it cost to make Star Wars? Yeah, when you yeah. have when you have limits, like um, it teaches you to be more creative in the story structure. So and that, mm-hmm. I thought that was hilarious. I'm like how he keep, keeps forgetting his guns. Um, And and it was interesting. I was thinking, too, like it was so the action was so front loaded in that movie, Mm -hmm. too. You're like, I wonder if there was, you know, a big turns out there was planned a giant set piece. Yeah. Yeah. uh, At the end. But uh, but for budget reasons, it was removed. But here's the thing. You didn't miss it. You didn't miss it at all. You know, Mm -hmm. you had this really cool. uh, uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> excuse? My guy keeps forgetting his You know, because the character, I believe it, that he keeps forgetting his guns, for sure. And you still, yeah, and you still had, a, you know, a bunch of uh, uh, cool action at the end as well. So I was perfectly happy and fine with losing the $7 million of the budget. I didn't notice. I think they made it back. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think, I think, They'll probably add another $14 million to the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. At, little, least, close, at close. least, if not 20 you know. um, Yeah, it might be. Would they make that $14 million? Something like that. Something I think it was a little more than 20 that. $20 million, something yeah, yeah. crazy. But not, but not superhero. <laughs> not, yeah, not, not, not Batman versus Superman. No, not, 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 not Avengers budget, no. Right. Right. Um, uh, Civil War is going to be very exciting, by the way. Yes. Exciting. Oh, the trailers for that. I know. So was I. I can't wait that for Civil good. War. So was I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I'm sure all the slash fiction is crazy, right? Or ship fiction is crazy right now. <laughs> so, and The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 is also out. I liked it. Uh, yeah, I li- yeah, so did I. I liked mm-hmm. the whole series. I mean, each movie I thought got a little bit better than the last one. I thought this wrapped up the I thought the, the whole... first one was the weakest one. Yeah, it was. Because it had a director that really didn't understand the material, and then I think it course-corrected a little bit. Did they make four of those? Yeah, yes. there were three books, but... Right, you know, three they, books, four movies. The, it yeah. was the Harry Potter, the end. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they, they split sure up did. the end of the two. Um, but it, it stayed closer to the book than I thought it would. Hmm. So, especially Did it run into the, the same end. problems that the book had? Where I mean, and this is just my personal feeling, I don't know any of these writers personally but i felt like because i, I enjoyed the books and mm-hmm. i only saw the first movie yes um but i couldn't figure out how she was going to resolve all of these issues right in the 150 pages we had left you know mm-hmm. and i feel like she kind of didn't i mean i guess you can't really change the ending much but i mean i'm sure you can well, I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I guess you can that's the watchman but um, um yeah so, but like, it was it was funny. the The weaknesses of the film were also weaknesses of the book. Yeah. This like this dumpy, dopey, uh, uh, and dumpy the, uh, love triangle that was like, oh, yeah. like, oh who she's gonna pick? Right. You, you should probably have a little more things, a couple we're, other things on your we're mind. Trying to save a country, yeah, and uh, yeah. But, but also <laughs> we don't have time for this. Uh, yeah, and the chemistry on screen with Jennifer Lawrence and the two love interests was like almost non-existent. Really? Right, like, like you were like, oh, it's, I don't know. Does she, does she really want either one of these? She just has gas. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just tired of it. She just looks angry. I could be playing it, Mystique right now. Yeah. <laughs> With my so, actual superhero husband. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, um, but it was good. It was, it was, uh, it it, it's definitely better than all the knockoffs that are. Yeah. <laughs> Divergent. Oh, yeah. Divergent. Alert. Scorch. Yeah. Allergen. Maze runners. Maze runneries. Divergent scorching yeah. maze runners. Nobody watched. Um, the divergent people didn't come back for this. That's weird because they, they want to know did, how it's saying they diverged. They totally diverged. They from, were insurgent. They they were fan they're not insurgent. allegiant. No, yeah. they're, not, they're not at all. They could not pledge allegiance <laughs> to the divergents. Uh, so, all right, site spotlight. Yes, uh, there was actually one thing I wanted to uh, talk about, too. Neil's been doing a really nice job, speaking of Neil again, uh, with his weekly movie news. And there's a lot of really cool stuff in there, especially he talks about how Michael Mann's starting his own publishing imprint. Um, what? So, Michael Mann from Heat? Yes, so he can um, have novels to make movies from. So It's, it's kind of smart. It's very smart. <laughs> So there's uh, there's some really cool stuff in there, and then he, he said he has one. I have to read this one thing from the article that really made me laugh. He goes, and in this week's superheroes, perfectly serviceable disguise or unimportant celebrity story, Henry Cavill decided to test the Superman Clark Kent disguise by showing up in Times Square wearing a Superman T-shirt and just hanging out until someone recognized him. No one did. 
Someone did come up and ask for directions, but then left. Cavill captioned his pic on Instagram, Dear Doubter, the glasses are good enough. Regards, Superman. Uh, <laughs> uh, or, or maybe... Or maybe no one cares. Nobody cares. Maybe your, your movie wasn't that great. I don't Have know. Have you seen it? Not yet. Seen it Thursday no. or Friday. Yeah, uh, the first Superman... Uh, the Superman that he was in was not that great. But... All right, so then let's... <laughs> I mean... Cautiously optimistic, but not right now. Yeah, all right. All right, yeah. but real quick, there is someone uh, on the message board. Uh, yes. Fav Naznadbor. Yes. Uh, talked about a new device to, to watch first-run movies at home. All right, that's curious. Yeah, you know what? I, I have heard about that. I don't know if it's, um, if it's available here in this country yet, but I know it's being worked on. It's an interesting thing where... If you want to watch a first-run movie at home, you can, but you pay a very large premium for it. Like, it's like a $50 ticket or something Wasn't like that. Wasn't somebody floating that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been floating, floated floating for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely been floating around. But the interesting thing is, if you add up what it would cost for two of you to go to get a babysitter and all that stuff, then all of a sudden it's like, you know, it's not as crazy as it, uh, as it sounds. It's not unreasonable, especially if you yeah. have the giant 72-inch right. yes. surround sound, yeah. surround sound, which mm-hmm. also implies that you have disposable income to throw toward 50 bucks. Right. And if you invite five of your homies over, exactly, it's 10 bucks each or seven mm-hmm. bucks each, yep. your homies just pay and you provide beer, and, you're, and you can smoke a joint on your couch while you watch this movie. And so, actually, you can be high when the, you know, settlers fight the tree on Avatar or whatever. Whenever <laughs> something's happening. And you could also... Or when you could, you film Avatar, you could have been high. Yeah. 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 Or you could pause it. Or you could go do whatever. You can make mm-hmm. have your friends come over and bring food. You're right. like, Look, you can I'll... enact some scenes. Yeah. Right. Relax <laughs> some seats and do all that stuff. So, so it's interesting. I, I, I'm curious to see if this actually um, kind of comes to fruition and, and I, takes off. I feel off. like every movie theater owner in the country is going to do their best to kill this idea. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It hurts them. And the also, most. me as a person without a gigantic, I mean, I guess they're not really aiming at me. I don't have a gigantic super surround sound Google Phonics mean, stereo. I tell you what, though. DVD, Roku, Blu ray, PS4, Xbox, PC, Mac. That's just one machine. That you, yeah. <laughs> That's good for the car. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I think like, I, I'm, I'm curious. I don't know. I like, as a, obviously, I like the whole movie going experience. Yes. But certain films are better to just watch at home. Sure. Yes. And, but I don't know. It's interesting. It's going to be curious. I'm going to be I'm, very curious to see. I'm curious to see this, the mm-hmm. whole technology, the price point. Well, you kind of start a whole new market when you think about that, though, right? Because right. if you think about movies like Hardcore Henry or the Drum Corps International World Championships, which really isn't a movie, but it's something that people mm-hmm. would be interested in. I mean, they go to movie theaters to see those now when they show the quarterfinals. You think about Fathom Events. Those guys would probably love something like that. You can watch live at the Met on your 50 bucks. I mean, super, like you say, niche, 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 paper, niche. Yeah. No, that's a great, that, that's a great point because Fathom has done this. Even the UFC has dabbled right. in ticketing, right. like going to a movie theater. So Sugar Ray Leonard used to do that. Yeah. Back in the day. What's weird is it started as pay-per-view at home. It went right. to the theater, and now it, it looks like it's coming back home again. But the interesting thing is... is <laughs> the circle is now As well, that's, it might... It, one doesn't have to necessarily cancel out the other. Right. It can be both. Mm-hmm. Like, these types of events, I want to watch in the privacy of my own home. Yep. But you know what? Watching uh, The Met 
or the UFC or some sporting event, you know, that sometimes you kind of want to watch in a yeah, rowdy yeah, lot. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like going to a sports bar. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or so I've heard. So. <laughs> Chris, well, that brings up, you should invent some sort of like Hobbit sports bar where people watch uh, Lord oh, of the Rings and cheer idea. and they drink. All right, let me call Jackie Cation. Yeah, butterbeer we'll or whatever you guys wow. drink. Butterbeer. Butter <laughs> Homemade mead, sir. I've been <laughs> aging this mead in a barrel of my mother's basement for 20 years. <laughs> yes, that Chris and that his. It sounds delicious. Chris yeah. and. Yeah. <laughs> See? I got great. All right, more flagons. I got more flagons. <laughs> you wouldn't send a night out on a dog like that. <laughs> see, I don't know what you guys are saying, but you would have a pack. I don't know where you've been, but I see you won first prize. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, so, you got a new business idea. Uh, yeah, done. Done. So, Kickstarter. Indeed. Uh, so premiering this week, uh, as we've we've discussed, Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. I, you know, I really have lukewarm mixed feelings about this film. Every trailer I see, I'm like, eh. every trailer I see gives me the same reaction. Well, some of it looks cool, some of it looks terrible. So uh, I'm not. I've turned sure. the corner. Yeah, I'm excited to see. it. Okay, good. Good for you. So you're going to see it in food theater, then? I'm going to see it probably in a food theater, yes. Yeah, all right. Food theater? The ones with the, the nice chairs, and they serve you. They give the, the beer and the sausage. And the it, gives, it gives Graham a better <laughs> review of sausage. the uh, film. Yeah, they have a whole menu. It's, yeah. not, it's not just like a guy throwing links around. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have just... Are you going to the beer and sausage theater? <laughs> I'm going to the beer and sausage theater. No, that's great. They have like a full is menu. Is it in Anaheim? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's an Anaheim beer and sausage theater. Does it rhyme with spark tight? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's all this stuff. But yeah, I'm, I like those theaters. Are you excited to see this? You're a comic book nerd. I'm a gigantic comic book nerd. and I, Batman is one of my secret role models. And Superman is cool. And I love Wonder Woman. Um, I, yes, I'm excited to... Uh, we'll see how the villains go. Uh, this is my question, is the casting of the villains. I'm well, how many are you going to have, do you think? One and change? Well, yeah. you're definitely. I'm, I'm more excited for Suicide Squad to tell the truth. Yeah, it Suicide looks like Squad a better, is. better crafted film. Um, but you, well, you already have. You have, um, you have Lex Luthor. You have one. Yeah. You also have um, Who, Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, like a, it's a Lex Luthor fa- for the Facebook uh, age. Uh, but also you have Billy um, Zane's not Lex Luthor. <laughs> 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 Am I old if I say Billy Zane? And it looks like from the trailer, and I can't confirm this, but it looks Chris like the, they, they take the DNA from the first Superman movie and make Doomsday, and he they have to fight him too. Uh, sure, I'm sure the special effects will be great, and everybody will be fun, and people are showing up. I'm excited to see um, if Henry. Cavill? Cavill. Cavill. Mm-hmm. Cavill. Is it Cavill? Cavill. Henry Cavill. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, if he... Um, Henry Nichet? Nichet. Ah, you beat me. <laughs> Henry Nichet can actually pull off... Dialogue? Pissed off dialogue. Damn. And pissed off ass-kicking Superman, which is who... It, I see clips of in the trailer, and that's, that's what gets me excited, because mm-hmm. I go, okay. Because if you're pulling... What this is... And and I think Mark Guggenheim brought this up. Mm-hmm. We're finally getting to see the Dark Knight graphic novel actually put to screen where those two guys battle each other, right? Right, sure. 
So that's when he said that, I was like, okay. And when I see um, Henry Cable uh, being pissed off at Batman, I, I'm it. It is reminding me in a very positive way of that graphic novel. Those seem to be the best parts of the trailer too. When and uh, now, by the way, I gotta he, say, Ben Ben Affleck has been convincing me. More yeah, and more. he he's actually. Um, I believe he understands Batman more than anyone else working on the film. Uh, right. But uh, Henry Cavill actually is a good actor. You know, if you look at go, his roles in Brit? like the Tudors and uh, uh, the Tudors, excuse me. Is, yeah, is, and, he, is uh, he a Brit? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. What's up with all these Brits taking all these? Uh, I don't like right. it. But uh, Trump's going to put an end to that. Now, let's but build if, a wall. But going back to the Dark Knight <laughs> around the UK, when you have the Dark Knight, it, it's, it's also an island. We could we could embargo as a lot, um, as Batman was fighting Superman in the graphic novel. Um, Superman had more of a sadness to him that this is kind of what happened it was less more sad than he was angry at batman like you know like we're the last ones left you're making us fight this you is, should be on my side this is yeah this is, this like, is tra- it's it's more of a melancholy because he's like bruce your holy war he yeah, would say that yeah, uh-huh. uh-huh so so i feel like you know him being angry at batman is taking a cheap easy way out when really there's much more going on in the graphic novel so yeah. i'm a little i'm still a little skeptical we'll see. where we'll see how yeah goes. So I don't know. I mean, they're still going to get my money at least one time. That's the thing. Yeah, it's right. like it's you know, not like I'm not. No matter what we it. say, they're going to get all of our money. We're this all weekend. going. You're not yet. getting all of my money. You're getting my money. Yeah. At least <laughs> I'm going. And I'm sneaking in some snacks. Yeah. The minute they said they were going to make this movie, I knew I was going to go see it. Right. You were like, shut up mm-hmm. and take my money. Yeah, yeah. You got it. You win. All right. <laughs> and uh, as a. Uh, um, and in a brilliant stroke of counter-programming, uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2 is also coming out this weekend. I read an article um, with Nia Vardalos about why it took so long to do this sequel. And when the mm-hmm. first one came out, obviously the, the studio was like, sequel, sequel. And she was like, no. Well, they made a TV show. Yeah, they made a TV show. That didn't go well. No, but, no. Um, the, so she was like, you know, her and her actual husband were trying to have a kid. And then they adopted a daughter and she became a parent. She goes, that took so much of my time. And then she was, she had, something happened. She had like, she was being sort of a little crazy and unrealistic with her daughter and her mom, her actual mom was like, why don't you just lighten up? And she was like, oh, so that's kind of motivated to what this new story is. Sure. She's like a memoirist, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she had to live her life a little bit more so she could write another movie. It's mm-hmm. like seven up. She should make one every seven years. years. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point. That's a great point. And I think that's what she did. And, and, and that's to me, when I see a sequel like this, I actually have more faith in it than the 18 months money grab. Get it. Right, is, right, uh, right. We're just going to write the whole... Is right. it another wedding? Or is it just about her relationship with her daughter? I think it's more about a relationship Aren't with her daughter. Aren't they going to Greece for somebody's wedding? Yeah, they're probably going to Greece for someone's wedding. That's, that's, that's I think, the hook. Yeah, I think, I, think. Her, I think her daughter's going to college or something like that. But anyway... My daughter's going to college. She got well, all the colleges. Sorry, I'm just bragging for everybody in that. Ah, my kid's mm-hmm. smart. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's why, that's why I'm actually like, hey, this could be decent. I like the first one. I like the first one a yeah, lot. Yeah, it was really entertaining. Um, all right. It was cute. I'll make mm-hmm. lamb. Yeah. <laughs> the mom and dad are back, the same actors, the husband's right. back. Mm-hmm. So we'll see so. we'll see how it goes. I'm all looking right. forward to it. I will sneak into it after I see Batman versus Yes. Superman. There you go. Um, you know, none of us here are gonna be seeing that movie first. <laughs> Unless Not, I buy a ticket for that and then go see Batman. If Batman and Superman is sold out, then yeah. maybe while I wait for the right. get some overflow uh, business. Yeah, there you go. All right, fair enough. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's episode three twelve. Um, 
So, oh, this is what, so, and Gaio. That's uh, me, Ungayo. Ungayo. Um, Ungayo Nishé. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum. Yeah. <laughs> Malaikum salam. Right. Um, Shalom. Shalom alaikum. <laughs> so what do you, I, I know you got stuff to promote, but there's a show you're doing this weekend that I'm a part of. Tell yes. everybody about this. We're doing a show at Busby's in Hollywood on Melrose for uh, Grow for Vets, which is a nonprofit organization that provides free marijuana to uh, veterans from the armed services to help with their PS, PTSD and other medical ailments that they may That's have. That's great and also very specific. Yeah, for an organization. It's, it's a niche. It's, yeah. it's a total niche. It's a Henry Cavill. Uh, they started in Colorado, and uh, they're they're expanding out here toward California as well. So I'm working with this group called Hope Grown, which helps provide uh, hooks patients up with good medically oriented dispensaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's me, you, Rick Overton, uh, Jessica Wellington, uh, Air Force veteran, nice. uh, Jason Ressler, Navy veteran, uh, my boy uh, uh, Corey. Robinson will be there. Uh, Dinah Leffert will be there, and Sheena Metal will also be there. It's gonna be a. It's an amazing it's a show. show. It's, it's a, a great it's a, show. It's a solid show, and it's. I remember you came to me about this, and I was like, "Yeah," because obviously the PTSD thing is 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 near and dear to me, and I know there's a lot of vets struggling with this, and you know, I, I'm no <laughs> physician or whatever, but they're so like, how do we treat this? And I'm open to whatever. I'm open if there's an alternative type of medicine that works. I don't smoke weed, but if it works, if it helps somebody get through PTSD, then man, I'm all for it. Because a lot of the vets too, there's two things happening. Some of them are, in addition to PTSD, they've had traumatic brain injury because, mm-hmm. and and so the brain is literally damaged. And it happened like they're they're, they're they got an IED and their Humvee blew up. Right. So. There's all these issues at play. There's memory issues. There's reliving there's a lot of things. Reliving yeah, yeah. things. There's anger coming out of nowhere. And they're just like, how do I, how do I handle? How do mm-hmm. I control this? Mm-hmm. And you know, if medical marijuana works, man, I'm all for it. It may not be for everyone when it comes to PTSD, but it does uh, definitely help more than a few people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's been a couple studies, and uh, it's a, there's a doctor in Arizona, I think, who's been doing more and more research on it. Uh, I wish I could remember her name. Sorry, no, we can still be friends. He's a stoner. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> I didn't know there was going to be a quiz on PTSD studies <laughs> at the film comedy nerd podcast. <laughs> like, at very. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. So it's it's. She hasn't made a movie yet. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. Tell her to maybe she should. I'll tell her. Well, Netflix mm-hmm. will probably produce one. <laughs> Um, so it's or Saturday. Amazon. Yeah. This Saturday. March 26th. March 26th at Busby's. Starting at? 7 o'clock. Cool. Uh, doors at 7. Um, show at 8. Show at 8. There's also going to be a raffle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're giving away a couple of nights at uh, buttonbreakfast.com. There's also some lotions and salves and a bunch of other fantastic things that a lot of people have donated. So, so you buy guys, a raffle ticket too. Did you say lotions and salves? Yes, and unguents. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Liniments. <Yeah>. Ointments. <laughs> uh, are they in t- I think lotions th- and salves are different, though. A salve is generally considered more unctuous. Well, mm, uh, well any, any, <laughs> now we know why the daughter's smart. Uh, yes. Any <laughs> Her mom is a genius. <laughs> <laughs> um, there may be a tincture or two, but mostly yes. in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, um, come out to this thing if you're in LA. Homegrown.net. Homegrown.net. Hope. Hopegrown.net. I have posted it on my social media. I'll post it again leading up to Saturday. So come check that out. 
Um, and then other tour dates and guy anything else you got promoting uh, I will be on the Cottonmouth Comedy Tour in uh, throughout Oregon and Washington from 416 to 423 surprise uh, <laughs> follow me on Twitter NGAIO420 and I will probably be at the Umpqua Valley Hemp Fest in June and um, the International Cannabis Business Conference in Vancouver British Columbia in October and how can people follow you online uh, Twitter, N-G-A-I-O-420, and also on the Facebook. Um, I have a fan page, but I don't do shit with it, so just follow my personal page, and okay. we'll be cool. All right. <laughs> and, we'll, uh, of course, we'll, we always include uh, the guest's Twitter handle in our tweets about this episode, so, so if you want to follow uh, Ngaio, that's how you do it. Great. Um, Thank you so very much. Dude, thanks for coming on the show. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you making the drive down and, and all this. So Just for you. It's the only thing awesome. I'm doing this week. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just going to go sleep. Um, I will be playing at uh, Paddington's Pub in beautiful Lake Havasu, March 30th and 31st. April 7th, I'm doing a new show with Joe Wagner. Uh, it's this podcast idea we've had where it's called Pop Divas, where we talk about um, we love girl pop bands, and we'll take like a song or two and break it down. From which era? Uh, current, fairly okay. current. Um, bang, bang into the room. <laughs> that was really like a super group. They weren't really a band. We did it. We did a little segment of it on a long shot podcast uh, last month. So it's going to be, it's a free show. So are you going to tell them what you want? What you really, really want? Yeah. I don't know what I really, really want. What I really, really want. Um, yeah, you, have to, you have to analyze it. I want to. <laughs> so we're doing that uh, Thursday, April 7th. It's a free show at the Improv Lab in Hollywood. It's from six to seven. Come into the lab. It's free. It'll be Joe and I talking, breaking down a song. It's called Pop Divas. Uh, and then I'm also will be at um, uh, headlining Vegas, Woo! April 19th through 24. So nice. check that out. Um, I am very excited to announce that uh, the Kickstarter for my comic book, the graphic novel, is almost ready to go. We will be starting it next week. I will let you guys know. It's called Long Ago and Far Away. Um, Fernando Pinto did some amazing artwork. You can download previews. It's going to be really, really cool. Um, And it will launch probably early next week, and then I'll announce it officially on the the show next week. It's really cool, man. I've seen some of the artwork, uh, and guys looking at some right... Actually, right (laughs) now, Chris has told me about this project several years ago. It'll be a cool thing, man. Like really excited about it. It's something that's been working on for literally like years. It's been in and out of development yeah. from studios, animation houses, but it never kind of got to the finish line. So converted it to a graphic novel, and I'm really excited about it. All right. Well, I think that's our episode, ladies and gentlemen. Um, thank you to our guest. Um, there it is, and Gaio. <laughs> Read comic books, everybody. Watch movies. Smoke weed. Uh, my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.